A new study finds that hospital prices for commercial plans are twice those for Medicare Advantage plans, even when negotiated by the same payer. The number of continuation patents is increasing as brand name drug makers move to ward off generics. And the American Red Cross implements the FDA's recent policy change that allows gay and bisexual men to donate blood. It's Friday, August 11th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. Hospital prices are more than twice as high for commercial plans compared to Medicare Advantage plans, even when contracts are negotiated by the same health insurer, according to a new analysis published in Health Affairs. To find the difference, researchers at Johns Hopkins University used 2022 price information disclosed by hospitals in compliance with the hospital price transparency rule. They wrote that their data included roughly 11.7 million hospital, payer, plan, setting and service combinations representing more than 2,400 hospitals and nearly 120 health insurers. They found that the median commercial-to-MA price ratio in the same hospital varied from 1.8 for surgery and medicine services to 2.2 for laboratory tests and emergency department visits and 2.4 for imaging services. On average, prices for commercial plans were between $660 and $707 more expensive than MA prices. They also found that greater commercial to MA price ratios were associated with hospitals that were part of a larger health system or serve as teaching hospitals. One potential reason for this discrepancy between commercial and MA prices is due to reimbursements. Out-of-network prices for MA plans are set at 100 percent of Medicare fee-for-service rates. The limit gives health insurers leverage in negotiations for their MA plans that do not exist for for commercial plans, according to the research. Moreover, MA plans compete with traditional Medicare, so payers are incentivized to make sure prices aren't too high. Another potential reason, the researchers noted, was that insurers bear more risk for their MA plans compared to their commercial plans, which are largely self-funded by employers. Drug makers are filing more continuation patent applications in order to prevent generic versions of their medications, according to a new analysis published in JAMA. According to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, a continuation patent is a new patent application that allows the applicant to pursue patent claims based on the same specification and drawings as previously filed in the pending parent application. In the case of pharmaceutical companies, continuation patents can prevent competition by increasing uncertainty for generic drug manufacturers. The analysis published in JAMA found that between 2000 and 2015, the Food and Drug Administration approved 1,421 brand name drugs, and manufacturers listed with the FDA nearly 4,000 distinct patents on these drugs through 2021, with 2,110, or 53 percent, being original patents, and 1,857, or 47 percent, being 
continuation patents. The researchers also found there were more than 1,900 litigated patents, with an even split among original and continuation patents. This means that generic manufacturers that seek to challenge existing protections on brand name drugs are required to contest and potentially litigate more patents, which can be costly and more time-consuming. On the other hand, lawsuits brought by the makers of brand name drugs on patents listed with the FDA can yield 30-month stays on generic drug approvals. This applies even if their lawsuit fails. The American Red Cross will now allow gay and bisexual men, as well as men who have sex with men, to donate blood, bringing its policies in line with recent federal changes. In May, the Food and Drug Administration finalized changes that require all potential blood donors to complete individualized risk assessments, regardless of their gender or sexual orientation. Potential donors who have had anal sex with new partners or more than one partner in the last three months are asked to wait to donate blood. There are also time deferral regulations for individuals taking HIV prevention or post-exposure medications as these treatments may delay detection of the virus. The American Red Cross said that effective August 7th, it had implemented the Food and Drug Administration's blood donation guidelines and would no longer ask prospective donors questions regarding their sexual orientation. When the AIDS crisis emerged in the 1980s, the FDA fully prohibited gay and bisexual men from donating blood over fears of HIV transmission. The agency later loosened this restriction slightly in 2015 when it said that gay and bisexual men could donate blood if they had not had sexual contact with another man in the last year. That time frame was shortened to three months during the COVID-19 pandemic due to severe blood shortages. The Red Cross said in a statement that it had worked for many years to change the deferral policy concerning men who have sex with men, which the nonprofit said included collecting data for assessment on the impact to transfusion safety, as well as serving as a leading contributor to the FDA-funded advanced study, which examined the rates of HIV risk factors, such as anal sex and rates of HIV infection, as well as the usage of medications to treat or prevent HIV infection among men who have sex with men study participants. The FDA cited the results in this study to make its recent policy changes. There has been an ongoing shortage of donated blood in the United States. According to America's Blood Centers, which monitors the nation's supply, 17 community blood centers currently have a one-day supply or less. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The GIST Healthcare podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.